let's go to uh, again uh, the book of Luke chapter 2 we're going to read uh, just a few verses from uh, 15 to 20 it follows up of where uh, Dan two weeks ago uh, stopped and we will start at 14 or 15 there Um, it has been silence God has been silent for 450 years if you read the Old Testament and the announcement of the um, angels of the birth of Jesus it was a time where we don't have any recordings in the the Bible regarding um, any prophecies or um, God speaking through man but then we have the four gospels where we very clearly uh, see that God's revealed word as it comes to us and uh, the book of Luke is definitely the one who gave, gives, gives us the most detail of the birth of Jesus so that's why we, uh, we have read already from Luke 1 and we continue to read in it here again this morning and we will start at verse uh, 14 so uh, the angels uh, gave their announcement of the birth of Jesus and um, the response in verse 14 is glory to God in the highest and on earth peace goodwill towards men and it came to pass as the angels were gone away from them into heaven the shepherds said one to another let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which is come to pass, which the Lord had made known unto us. And they came with haste, and found Mary and Joseph and the babe laying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart and the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them the virgin birth of Jesus Christ is for certain the greatest miracle in history the birth of Jesus Christ was also the greatest mercy given to mankind. It was part of God's eternal plan for redemption of sinners. It was preordained before the world began. We read in John 1 exactly that. In the beginning was the Word, Jesus, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God, and the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. You see, it was foretold and proclaimed by the prophets. It was done by the power of the Holy Spirit. And every detail of his coming was ordained by God the Father. Now after the fall in Genesis, we read the first promise of the Redeemer to come to rescue man. In chapter 3, then God said to the serpent, 
serpent in verse uh, 15. I will put uh, enmity between thee and the, and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. It says, her seed, it shall bruise thy heel. Her seed, the singular seeds, point to the one man, God-man, that is Jesus Christ, and he shall bruise Satan's head. And this is exactly what Christ came to do when we think of his suffering and dying on that cross of Calvary and his resurrection from the dead. And talking about the first promise, Martin Luther comments, all the promises of God lead back to that first promise concerning Christ of Genesis 3.15. The faith of the fathers in the Old Testament era and our faith in the New Testament are one and the same faith in Jesus Christ. And so we see throughout the Old Testament the promise of Christ's coming. We read already from Jeremiah 23, Isaiah 9, but I will mention a few more. If you're not familiar with them, it's good to hear them, uh, to hear those. Isaiah 7, verse 14. Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin, virgin shall receive and bear a son, and he shall call his name Emmanuel. Or take Isaiah 11, verse 1. And there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. Hosea 11, verse 1. When Israel was a child, they loved him and called my son out of Egypt. This is referring uh, to God's only begotten son, our Lord Jesus Christ, as well. Micah 5, verse 2. Be thou um, Bethlehem Ephrathah, though thou be a little, be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall he come forth unto me, that is to be a ruler in Israel, whose going forth have been from of old, from everlasting. See, God has spoken and acted in history, in real history, through actual events and real human lives. He has made promises and kept them and called people to record and to remember them. He is not an obscure deity of myth and legend, but a true God who has done wondrous things as we remember the birth of Christ, but also his life, death, and resurrection. In our post-Christian culture, it may be more vital than ever to show that the facts of the gospel, the facts of Jesus' birth, matters. The Christmas story isn't just about having all the holiday feelings. Um, the Christmas story isn't just about having all the holiday feelings with the world's pressure, pressure to shop till you drop and where the world indulges in having the Christmas parties with often excessive eating and drinking, and in doing so, blaspheming the name of the Lord by not even recognizing Jesus as the center of this Christmas season. Let us be not so for the church 
the bride of Christ. It's all about God who promised men and women long ago that he would send the Messiah for them to save them and to give them hope. And it's about God delivering those promises centuries later at the place and a moment of his choosing through the birth of his son Jesus. So it's no wonder the heavenly chorus echo, echoed those, pro, those prophecies and worshipped God for the coming of the Redeemer. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. Now this leads me to ask how we respond to the coming of the Savior. But let us go first to our text this morning and see what happened to the shepherds and how they reacted. So let's go with me to verse 15 of our text. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us go now, go even unto Bethlehem, and see this thing which is come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste, and found Mary and Joseph, and the babe laying in a manger. So here we have the shepherds out in the field at some distance from Bethlehem. There was nothing special about the shepherds. They were watching the sheep by night, as they do every night. They probably had them gathered in a safe place to rest for the night, somewhat protected from the wild animals. But then suddenly the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. <coughs> now angels have uh, announced many different events in the Bible. And the word angel in, in Greek means one who brings a message. The biblical authors use angels when we look at <coughs> angelic appearances in the Bible uh, to teach us that the main task of the supernatural creatures is to bring a message from on high. As an example, we see in Luke 1, where it describes the angel Gabriel uh, visiting Zechariah to announce the birth of John the Baptist and also to Mary to announce the birth of Jesus. In Genesis 18 and 19, God sent messengers from heaven to Abraham where the angels told him that Sarah, his wife, shall have a son and Lot and Lot was warned and rescued from the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah. But what happened here in verse 9 to 14 to the shepherds was on a grand scale. It says, For lo, meaning, come, see, behold, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I will bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. So once the angel had spoken, suddenly from the realms of glory, a multitude of heavenly hosts showed up, praising God. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace and goodwill towards men. 
And as we read in Galatians 4, when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son made of a woman and made under the law to redeem them that were under the law that we might receive the adoptions of sons. So this was the fullness of time what the shepherd witnessed. And I'm sure they paid close attention to every word that was said by the angel. As the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us now even go into Bethlehem and see this thing which is come to pass, which the Lord had made known unto us. Remember, they were given God's revealed word by an angel about Christ. And I'm sure they weighed every word. They received good tidings of great joy, not bad news, but sadness. And good tidings, not only for themselves, but, all, but shall be to all people. They also knew what was meant by the announcement in verse 11. Unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, because we read in Micah 5, Be thou Bethlehem Ephrathah, thou, though, uh, though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall he come forth unto me, that is to be ruler in Israel, whose going forth have been from old, from everlasting. See, in Bethlehem, Yet out of thee shall he come forth unto me, the ruler, the ruler. Jesus, the ruler Jesus would be born in Bethlehem. The shepherds knew this prophecy, and more than that, you see, the whole world, the whole word of God, for as much as they had it, testifies of Christ. And this is a good reminder for us as well, that the whole of the Bible is God's word concerning Christ and here is something in the word of God we read in James 1 verse 21 to lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness meaning the abundance of wickedness in our lives and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls so when we examine our own life and see where we sin and we're not willing to give that up meaning that if you continue to stay in an ongoing state of displeasure behavior towards God in word, deed and thought then this means that there is little or no room for God's word but then by the grace of God we confess and lay aside our sins and receive with meekness the engrafted word. You could say engrafted or stored up the word of God into our very being, into our heart. Then by faith, the word brings forth much fruit in our lives. Then we all receive new desires, hopes, and zeal for the Lord. And so we see with the shepherds in verse 16, they came with haste, with great desire and with new hopes and eagerness. They wanted to see Christ. 
Although it was nighttime, they didn't wait till morning. The shepherds left their flock. They left everything behind for the greater interest of what they received and heard about. This reminds me of uh, Zacchaeus in Luke 19, who wanted to see and know who Jesus was. But he was a short man, so he climbed into a tree. For Jesus was to pass that way, it says. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and, and said unto him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must abide at your house. And he made haste and came down from the tree and received him joyfully. Now, this is in contrast what we see with King Herod, who had no real interest to see Jesus. We see this in Matthew 2, and if you like, you can uh, look that up as we look at Matthew 2, verse, uh, verse 2, starting at verse 2, where the wise man came to Herod to ask, where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen a star in the east and are come to worship him. When Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and the scribes, of the, people, of the people together he demanded of them where Christ should be born and they said unto him in Bethlehem of Judea for thus it is written by the prophets and thou Bethlehem in the land of Judah art not the least among the princes of Judah for out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel then Herod when he had secretly called the wise man inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child, and when you have found him, bring me word again, that I may come and worship him also. And when they had heard the king, they departed. And lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them, till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened the treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold, and frankincense, and myrrh. And being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country another way. Now here we see clearly the intentions of King Herod. He saw this as a threat to his establishment as a ruler. He understood very well after inquiring uh, by the chief priest and the scribes that this Jewish king could cause in due time the uprising of the people and overthrow his kingdom. How is that with us? Do you, like the shepherds, with haste, want to meet Jesus? Or do you see him as a threat? We have his revealed word before us. <clears throat> Are you eager to receive it? 
Are you eager to receive Christ? Or do you have reservations to let Christ rule in your life? Let us go now, it says in verse 15. The shepherd's heart, soul, and mind seem to be fully in it. After hearing the good tidings that Christ, the Savior, was born to save sinners. They came with haste to the Savior. Should this not keep our mind busy today? Your heart may be restless for some reason or even indifferent about God. You may feel weary or tired or worried today. Come to Christ. He will give you rest for your soul. Jesus said, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. And I will give you rest. And here we are. Here we are in verse 16. The shepherds found Mary and Joseph and the babe laying in a manger, wrapped in swaddling clothes, because there was no room in the inn. See, humanly spoken, Anyone would not believe what they saw in this stable. That this baby born was the king of the world. Who was deemed unworthy and to be ranked with the lowest by being born in a cattle shed. And yet Luke writes that none of these things prevented the shepherds from admiring and praising God. The glory of God was so fully before their eyes and reverence for his word was so deeply impressed upon their minds that the, ele- that the elevation of their faith easily went above all of what they saw in that stable that Jesus laid there in a humble and lowly way. And as the, shepherd, the shepherds now have seen for themselves the truth of the coming of the Messiah, They were now satisfied as they worshipped Christ the Lord. By faith, they believed he was the Savior. They believed the word of God that was spoken to them. They saw Christ and glorified God for it, we read later. And I'm sure the shepherds told Mary and Joseph in great detail about the angel and what they had all heard and seen and of the great display of the glory of the Lord that shone around them and of the multitude of heavenly hosts and also what Mary had told the shepherds concerning uh, the announcement she had from an angel of the conception of Jesus and how they came about and how that came about and of what he will be and likewise what Joseph had told them how an angel had appeared to him, that it was the Holy Ghost, and that Mary and Joseph were to call his name Jesus, because he was to be the Savior of his people. What a glorious time this, this must have been, not only for the shepherds, but also for Joseph and Mary, 
And then we see this one liner in verse 19. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Mary kept all these things. All that happened and everything that was said by the shepherds and all that was said to her when she was visited by the angel Gabriel to announce that she would be with child as well as what was said by Elizabeth at the time she made her visit in Luke 1 and also by her husband Joseph she pondered them in her heart and here is probably a delicate expression of feelings of a mother that a mother doesn't forget easily the things which occur regarding, regarding her child everything that is said of him she humbly treasured them up in her mind and often she thinks of those things she pondered them in her heart and anxiously anxiously seeks what they may mean concerning the future of her child But let's go back to the shepherds in verse 17. Verse 17, 18, and 20. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which we were told them by the shepherds. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. The shepherds now, shepherds now they couldn't keep this great news for themselves. They had seen the Christ child, the Savior, Christ the Lord. And I'm sure with great joy and enthusiasm, they went as the first evangelists to spread the good news abroad in Bethlehem and beyond. And all they that heard it wondered, it says in verse 18 not in a sense of feeling doubt but wonder marvel or admiration God instilled in those shepherds this mission and desire and therefore it will not be fruitless they, test about, they testified about their own experience and spread the word widely concerning this child but note that they did not testify of Mary or worship Mary like they do in a Roman Catholic church, but of Christ and Christ alone. And so the shepherds spoke with joy and praise of Jesus Christ. Now to come back to our question earlier, believer, how are you and I going to respond to Christ's birth? Are we stirred in our hearts by God's word as we read of the miraculous birth of Christ? If so, praise God. Are we pricked in our hearts that as Jesus born, was born to be crucified because of our sins? If so, thank the Lord for his forgiving and saving love. Do we have Jesus as Lord over our lives? Then worship him. Do we love the Lord God and our neighbors? 
Then let's testify of him to others. Let's continue to seek Christ our Lord and praise God for his mercy and grace. Be filled with thankfulness and testify of him, proclaiming the good news towards one another, to encourage one another. May the Lord also give us boldness and grace as you reach out to anyone who doesn't believe the great gospel of Jesus Christ, to our co-workers, classmates, family, friends. Let not these days, days go by without testifying of Christ. To anyone here who doesn't know Christ as your Savior, I say, behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. The Messiah has come, and God is willing to pardon and save sinners like you. Jesus says in Mark 1, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye, and believe the gospel. Seek Christ now. Call upon him, and he will extend his loving kindness to you. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill towards man. When you are saved by the grace of God, you will bring glory to God. And this is the highest expression of his love and mercy that he gave his only begotten son to die for his people. When you have Christ Jesus as Savior, then you will have the most blessed Christmas. Amen.